Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Hi there, I'm Rebecca Lowe. Welcome along to the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast, where you can get the latest can't-miss content from NBC's coverage of one of the best leagues in the world. Be sure to tune in on weekends at 7 a.m. Eastern for Premier League mornings on NBCSN and Peacock Premium. But for now, we hope you enjoy the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast. of USA on the road there for the fans from Norwich who made the trip. Back in August, Josh Sargent, the 21-year-old, signing a four-year deal at Norwich. Hadn't scored a goal in the Premier League until today. Scores two of them for a very happy Dean Smith, who becomes the first Norwich manager to win back-to-back Premier League games since Alex Neal in 2016. Lights are on in studio here. Ahmed Farid, Robbie Musto, and Tim Howard. That game did not go the way we thought it was going to go. We talked about Watford having the advantage, playing at home. They're very desperate in this one. Was that the last game? We'll get to Josh Sargent in just a second here. But was that the last game we've seen for Ranieri leading I would think so. I would think so. Given what this club does, given the performance of of Claudio Ranieri, granted initially some tough matches, but not recently, and for them to drop into the bottom three with plenty of games left, in, and still, of course, Watford have got a chance of avoiding relegation with the, the games they've got. They've got new players. I would expect a new manager very shortly at Watford. Just a disappointing performance all around for them. Yeah, and when you talk about Renier, it, it's also the fashion in which they lost Musty. No clean sheets still this season. The frustration between the forwards, King, João Pedro, Dennis yelling at each other, you know, throwing their hands up. Dropping into the bottom three, taking a heavy defeat, fans, fans walking out, the owners there to witness it. This just doesn't More feel good. Defensive nightmares. Yeah. A red card chucked in there, yeah. an own goal chucked in there from the substitute that came Messy on. And chaotic. I mean, disaster, mm. absolute disaster in a game that we talked about mm-hmm. was massive for both clubs, and we both yeah. felt that Watford had the advantage, given you know the front players that they have scored goals this season. Norwich's haven't really, mm. and Josh Sargent just lights the place up. And a day and a game that he will remember for as long as he lives. What do you make of Sergeant, the 21-year-old? Well, I mean, it was, it was his show today. Look, I'm happy for him. He works hard. He works his socks off. He's always a willing runner. He, the effort's there. Look, he plays in a team that has no forward continuity. So he's not going to get a ton of chances. Today he took those. Well done to him. The chance of USA. Haven't heard that very often. Well, we sometimes get it in England. Every once in a while. Every once in a while. And Pulisic's done well, and we've had it before. So it's great. Great for him. He's 21. He's still young. He's learning the game. It's a great point. He's in a team that's struggling. He's not going to get much much action. I love the way, by the way. He plays on the right-hand side of midfield, and he gets up and down, and he helps his fullback out. And he took his chances. I mean, they're, they're, they're not easy goals to score, both for the header and the clever flick. We'll take a look in a minute. But that's a clever, clever finish. Well done. Chanting USA at Vicarage Road, probably <laughs> chanting the same thing as in O'Fallon, Missouri, for the 21-year-old Josh Sargent, who's talking after the match. Congratulations out the relegation zone for the first time this season. How huge were those three points tonight? Yeah, I mean, this is probably one of the biggest games of our season, obviously, yeah. To get those three points on huge. You haven't scored in 18 Premier League games before today. You waited for an important game to find your scoring boots, didn't you? Uh, yeah, definitely good to get the goals out of the way and uh, hopefully there's more to come. Psychologically, how much of an impact does it have knowing that you're no longer in the bottom three? And do you believe you can stay up this season? Yeah, I think it gives, you know, not only our team, but obviously the fans a huge boost. Uh, and you know, we're looking forward to the next games. How key was the win against Everton last weekend? Could that have been a turning point in your season? Uh, I mean, 
status when you're in the bottom three, obviously every game is huge. So uh, to get two wins in a row is massive for the club. A clean sheet as well for Angus Gunn. Listen to this fun fact. The last time Norwich won here at Vicarage Road, his dad was in goal. <laughs> but he did really well, didn't he, with Tim Krul out today? Yeah, yeah. I'm very proud of him to get the clean sheet and uh, proud of the whole team for fighting the whole game. And how important is it that you can get a result against Crystal Palace? That's your next match, considering it's Manchester City and then Liverpool after that. Yeah. Six points uh, is huge from two games, you know. And uh, like I said, we're going to try to take this confidence into the next game. The fans are celebrating as if you've stayed up already. Do you have a message for your fans? They've been absolutely unbelievable tonight. Yeah, they're amazing tonight. They're amazing every game. And uh, we're going to continue to need their support for the next one. So. My final question for you. How did the light situation affect you? Has that ever happened to you before, playing <laughs> professional football? No, no, it hasn't. <laughs> but um, obviously we had to play on and everything was fine. So it was good. Congratulations, well done today, a game to remember. What about Dean Smith? Right, and the job that he has done, because this is the team that came in, conceding the most goals in the Premier League, scoring the fewest goals, but now he's got back-to-back wins with him. Well, Musty said at halftime that they didn't play well, but Dean Smith gives them a chance to stay in games, and it looks different than Daniel Farkas' teams. As you mentioned, Musty, they're expansive, and they might actually concede goals and be down. It looks little ugly at times, but they're, they're giving themselves a chance to stay in the game. Uh, they have a backup goalkeeper, and they end up keeping a clean sheet. Why? Because they're not taking a ton of risks at the back. Mm-hmm. They're defending with numbers and then not getting a lot of opportunities but hoping to take one. And it looks good, and I, and I like the setup that he has. We started the day, you guys did, by saying mm-hmm. that you think Norwich are going to eventually go down. You think mm-hmm. Watford was going to go down. I think both of you agreed with that. Newcastle was going to be safe. So what do we think after now we've seen – Norwich pull off six points in a couple of games. It's terrible. I feel bad saying it, but um, <laughs> I still think Norwich will get relegated. Based on what we're seeing, and, and I totally want to give all the credit in the world to Dean Smith. I mean, he is making a, a job of this where nobody thought they could get anywhere near safety. He's got them outside that relegation zone right now. Of course, we know there's games to be played by other teams. Mm-hmm. And again, you've got to look at it of what you're seeing. And they won today, and Josh Sargent scores a couple of brilliant goals. It's an own goal. I just don't know whether they're going to they're win enough games to, to stay out of that bottom three, but they're making a fist of it. And that credit goes to Dean Smith and, of course, the players and, Sar- and Sargent and everybody else mm. that's stepping up to the plate with this new manager and, and, and is doing a remarkable job right now. You still think they go down? I do. I think they go down. You know, Burnley are the ones for me because they have the, the games in hand, which, which scare me a little bit because I'm so used to Burnley. We're so used to Burnley coming good at some point. You know, can they? There's not much time in the window. I know they've been to work. Can they replace... Chris Wood, we'll see. It seems like there are four for the yeah. three spots there. Norwich, Watford, Newcastle, Burnley. I keep trying to rope you guys in, well, you putting keep Everton into the discussion. Mm. Everton currently with 19 mm. points total. That's just three more than Norwich. Yeah. No, you're not, you're not buying it. I, I know what you're saying, and, and they are close to the area. I just think now that Dominic Calvert-Lewin is back and there's been a manager change and things, Big Dunk's going to get him fired up. We'll watch tomorrow morning with great you know, anticipation on that. Yeah. I, don't, I just think uh, Everton have got... Too many good players to stay down there. I think they'll find their way out of it. I think it will be the four that are in those spots right now, three of those four. Do I think that Everton are getting sucked into a relegation battle? Yes. Do I ultimately think they'll be safe? Because do I think, at least for the short term, will Duncan Ferguson get them fighting, winning football matches? Yeah, they'll pick up points. But make no mistake, they're right in it now because of how poor they've been over the course of the season. All right, big picture for Watford here. And they make no bones about changing their manager when times get tough. Do you feel like that's starting to bite them a little bit, the lack of continuity throughout every one of these seasons in, in changing managers so often? I, I remember really clearly when Cisco Munoz was fired. I walked into the studio. I think Rebecca was working, and, and the news was out there. After seven games, he got seven points. I think they were 14th place mm-hmm. in the Premier League table. And we know that he was loved by the players for what he did in terms of getting promoted. The fans loved him. He had that warm personality, not super experienced as a manager, and, and that must have been one of the reasons they made the change. They wanted an experienced Premier sure. League manager to take over. But it doesn't look very good now, does it? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I thought at the time it was a, it was a, a strange, almost a joke uh, decision to fire a guy that's still high on euphoria from promotion. They were doing okay. They were, you know, and, and look how it's ended mm-hmm. up so far. So... 
Whether they stick with Claudio Ranieri, I'll be absolutely amazed if they, if they do, given the disaster that that was in a key game. Mm -hmm. And Gina Pozzo was there to see that. Um, who they go for next, who knows? Mm. Could be Munoz again. Who knows <laughs> with these owners? They could, they could get anybody. Uh, uh, look, I don't like the way Watford Football Club is run, simple, simply put. This isn't about Claudio Ranieri. Must have just there articulated it. Munoz gets sacked when he's 14th. Allow your manager to have time to, to invest in a squad, to trust him. They were playing good football, as you said. Players, fans loved him. There was no reason in the world to sack Munoz. So, like, the way that this club is, is run is a bit of a joke because you can't just change your manager. Yeah, the only thing, Tim, it, it, it has worked in the past when they've stayed in the Premier League for four or five seasons or whatever it was. And, again, a lot of people don't like it. Mm -hmm. And it... it it's the way that he does things. And also the players, the amount of players that come into the club. I mean, that squad is massive, by the mm -hmm. way. It's a very big, mm -hmm. big squad. Throw the players at it to try and find something that works. Struggling right now. Claudio, a really disappointing night for Watford. Where uh, did this game get away from you? Uh, look, I, before everything, I want to say sorry to our crowd because uh, we wanted to do another kind of a match. We wanted to little the, the the fire to our fans and we didn't do this and then after yes okay the first half was a little good but after the first goal we got down we didn't understood what happened and at the end they deserve to win maybe we played better than 10v11 uh, but it's not possible to lose this kind of a match you were the better team in the first half. Was that the opportunity to take this game by the scruff of the neck, do you feel? Yes, we had uh, some opportunity to score goals. Uh, but after, OK, uh, the first goal was uh, an episode, very strange. Uh, they score a goal. But after, we have all the time to do something better. And uh, we didn't do this. And, uh, Should Norwich's first goal have stood, you seem to feel there was a push on your defender, Samir, at the time? Yes, uh, maybe he's uh, used to play in Italy, and in Italy this kind of uh, fall, uh, the referee whistle. But in England, uh, sometimes yes, sometimes no. Uh, now is a, is, a, a, is a big opportunity for him to understand the Premier League. Is it different? What were your thoughts on the floodlight failure? The referee asked both teams to continue. Were you happy to do so? Yes, I wanted to, to continue. I speak also with uh, my captain. There, uh, there were also the other captain. And we wanted to continue. Uh, and on the pitch, the ball is, uh, was uh, clear to see. You're in the bottom three. Watford are in the bottom three for the first time this season. Yeah. Just how big a setback is that psychologically, do you feel? But look, uh, psychologically, I, I hope that we, we had to react. We had to react because it's not possible. Uh, when we are desperate, we react well. Now is the right moment to react. You know this club's track record for changing managers. Yeah. What concern do you have here and now for your own position? Uh, look, uh, I'm speaking every day with the board and we are all together. How convinced are you, given your own track record, given your own experience, how convinced are you here and now that you can pull this club away I, from trouble? I, I am very convinced. I am very convinced. Also, uh, some players are convinced and fight, and now I have to choose only the players who want to fight. No more players who want to just take the ball and nothing more. How can you change things? Because you haven't won now in the Premier League since November, since the Manchester United game. How yes. do you change things? We have to change the mentality, first of all. The mentality and, uh, and we have to play as a squad, not as individual. No players can win alone. What the, 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 the Norwich did tonight, they played 11 as a squad. We didn't do Carl, appreciate your time. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. goals for quite a lot of the afternoon then it all sprung to life not least Tim Howard at Old Trafford right at the end I mean I think there was sort of three seconds left yeah. we've seen late drama in midweek with the Spurs Leicester game late drama Old Trafford and Marcus Rashford how important for United now in the top four I mean it's huge and it's, it's big for Marcus Rashford he comes on scores the last game and then scores again he's got, got two and two he's been heavily criticized he does so much off the pitch and people think is his head turned He's a good footballer. He's a good kid. It's really nice to see him flourish. Well done, Ralph Ragnick. I mean, 
You talk about putting the whole Ronaldo stuff to bed, making him happy again, not taking him off. I think Martial, there was obviously a bit of controversy there with writing a Martial, gives him an opportunity to come on and change the pace of the game. Well done to the manager. The substitutions were good and the goal was coming. The goal was coming uh, and the performance was good. Mm -hmm. That's the most important thing. I'm sure United fans wanted and needed to win that game and score that goal because it was good. Good tempo, good pressing. West Ham couldn't find a way past some of that, that pressing for Manchester United. A team performance, Rebecca. A team performance. Attackers helping out defensively. Mason Greenwood at one point came all the way back and helped out uh, defending players. That's what the manager's been trying to do. And I thought we saw that, plus, of course, developing into, again, attacking options off the bench, doing the business. That's, I tell you, a feel-good factor mm. can come back pretty quickly to Old Trafford. And the psychological impact of being inside the top four and then having Marcus Rashford come on again and score. How important is that, Rob? It's, it's really important. I mean, I've, I've criticised Rashford. I'm like, come on, you know, it's about time. You should be more consistent now. I just enjoyed him smiling. Mm. You don't often see that. He gets the goal, good atmosphere in there. Uh, but I tell you, it was a, it was a, a really impressive, high-tempo Manchester United. Hard-fought victory for Ralph Ragnick's men against West Ham United. So 1-1 then, the final score at St Mary's. Two draws for Southampton against the defending champions so far this season. When they want to, Southampton have it in the locker, Robbie. They do. I mean, that's twice now. Two draws against Man City, a tremendous defensive performance. You know, they got their goal, a brilliant goal, individual goal, really, from Walker Peters, the way that he managed to find that far corner. Uh, And City kind of wasted that first half. And the Raheem Sterling chance... Even though there's plenty of time to go, I think it's costly. You know, he scores that goal, which he should totally score that goal. Things may be a little bit different. City really take control and can take their time finding a way through. Uh, but I just, he just felt in the second half that, that Southampton are going to hold on. Salasu defensively was great. Walker Peters, not just his goal, but defensive uh, prowess on that side as well was very, very good. A simple shape from, uh, from Southampton that did the trick. Well, that chance you talk about from Raheem Sterling, we'll show you in the full-time highlights. It came just before the mm. break and it was taken so casually and ultimately he missed it. But we talked about it before the game, Tim. You know, you're, they're human beings. They can't be at the top level every week. Well, they can't be. And we, we saw they were slightly human today. I mean, they, they still played incredible football. Um, look, I think it's great. I think it's great for the title race. You know, Liverpool have two games in hand. That's a, that's a really good thing. If if they win, it's it's almost back on in a way. And so these these moments for the Premier League are good to see that Manchester City can be gotten at on on the right day. And, and also, you're right against anybody. Yeah. I mean, with all due respect to Southampton, they've got points off them. And Palace beat them earlier three 0 wasn't it in in the league? So and Spurs, I think, and Liverpool take points off them as well just this season. But so it's funny when they're not on. You know, wherever they play. Got a chance. So, as Tim says, the title race is back on. They're six points well, behind. So, if they get the... Sorry, they're, they're 12 points behind, two games in hand. If they win right. those two games, it goes six. to six points. Mm-hmm. They've got to play each other. Could yeah. go to three points. Yeah. Game on. I think, I think yeah. we've got a title race. There it is. Right. <laughs> <laughs> on the gantry, it's at Mary's. Graham Lasso and Arlo White. Gentlemen, they may be... I think it is 12 points ahead, but don't worry. We have done the maths for you. The title race <laughs> is on. officially... It's back on, Arlo. <laughs> Absolutely on. That is the headline, Rebecca, without a shadow of a doubt, up to Liverpool at Palace tomorrow to close the gap a little bit. Um, This was terrific Mm. to watch, wasn't it? We talked before the game about Southampton going back to that 4-4-2 that got them a point in September at the Etihad. And you'll talk about how they go about it today. How impressed were you with them? Oh, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Their game plan worked perfectly. Not just because I said that should be their game plan. <laughs> but um, I, I'm, I'm really impressed with Hassan Hurtle because he's, you know, he's suffered some big defeats. You mentioned that in commentary. Um, he's, he's working with a squad that's evolving. You're bringing in sort of players that aren't tried and untested. Broger being a good example, that's Salisa. And he's getting the best out of them. The, the organi- they all understand their jobs. And it's whether they can put that level of performance in both tactically, technically and physically, you know, and mentally as well, to, to keep going and to keep playing like that. Because if they carry on playing like that, they'll keep picking up lots of points and end up, I think, in the top ten this season. Is it fair to criticise Pep Guardiola and Manchester City because of the standards that they've, they've set? I don't think so. I just, I mean, they're, look, they're a joy to watch Manchester City and their quality, um, the, the way they play the game. You know, they, they had just, you know, completely... Uh, dominate every area of the pitch, don't they? Um, I think they came up a really res- against a really resilient Southampton team today. But I think the things, if you're going to be hypercritical, Sterling's chance in the first half, mm. and 
and and just they just couldn't quite get that goal that they, that would have given them the lead. But I think you've got to go back to Southampton and say credit to them. It was one of those days where they thoroughly deserved to get a point from that game. And Salisu, Rebecca, was absolutely immense. Guys, well played. It was cheered like a win at full time. It very nearly was a win, but still a, a fantastic evening and a great result. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, you know, I think that's now I'm being in eight home games. Um, so it's just good, you know, when we've got the fans behind us, you know, they're driving us. And um, when we stay as a team like that, like we performed today, then we can just, you know, we can, we can, we can do a lot. So the boys dug deep today. Uh, we stayed strong. We stayed together and we, we got a good result. So, um, yeah, at the end of the day, we're happy. So. so Kyle, your first Premier League goal, and it was set on commentary taken like a 30 goal a season striker <laughs> and it was wasn't it yeah it wasn't a bad finish was it um yeah you know I, we do a lot of finishing and training i practice as much as i can and, and finally i've got my first premier league goal so yeah i'm happy do you want to talk us through it then Love um, the touch to yeah or to, you know I'll sort be, of bounce it up for yourself and then i'll be totally honest what are you thinking i'm thinking I, I think it was diaz i'm thinking he's coming to press me so i'm almost stretching as i finish and I used the outside of my foot because that's where the ball bounced for me and luckily I hit it sweetly. I mean, it's kind of the dream for all of us, isn't it, to score in the Premier League one day. You've got to the Premier League, you've had to wait, you know, while you've played your games. What is the emotion like? What is the feeling like to actually do it? Oh, it's just, it's, you can't describe it. Um, yeah, a great feeling and, and really nice to be at home, you know, with the fans. And it's such a big game as well. Yeah, exactly, against, you know one of the top teams in the world you know you always want to try and compete against them and I think we did today and yeah I'm just really happy to get the goal. Armando on a few occasions you so nearly made it too we were talking off camera the number of incidents the number of chances you were involved in want to take us through some of them? Yeah I thought a little bit unlucky on some of them I mean the offside goal obviously and uh, were you looking did you think you'd scored? Yeah, Yeah definitely I thought yeah I thought so I was obviously looking at the line when I made my run and um, I thought I was just, yeah, I thought I was just onside, but I think it was just a few few yards, I think, or something, um, quite quite uh, small margins. But, yeah, then then obviously the penalty shout and visits, but, yeah, just tried to get myself in, in good opportunities. Well yeah, yeah, again, yeah, yeah, tried, you know, get myself in good opportunities. Um, had a few, but I think, yeah, in games like this, I feel like this is where I learn, you know, like to, to, to put them to, to bed. So, um, yeah, it's just it's a good, yeah, learning, learning experience for me as well. So. Well, Pep, you said it, we're going to drop points. The winning run won't carry on forever. How do you feel about the point tonight? Uh, outstanding game. Prepared really well, and uh, unfortunately, the first action, we considered the goal, but we, we made one of the best performances of the season. Really? That good? You thought it was one of your best performances of the season? By far. What makes you say that? What did you like about it? Everything. Against that team, like defending incredible well, that uh, make a pace in the counter-attack, that uh, they are incredible well organised, that we suffer all the time. Today was one of the best performances we have played against, against them. If you analyse the result, it's 1-1. OK? So after that, it was not good. But uh, in the terms of the performance, that we have the duty, you know, the, the, the managers to see how we behave, how we played, was excellent. Did it, was it an impro- a performance that improved as it went on, do you think? We play better, for example, the Arsenal game, but we won, and today we draw. So sometimes football in the Premier League, that's why the league and the consistent in the, in the 38 fixtures, sometimes you, you deserve it, sometimes don't, but uh, that's why when you finish on top, it's because you deserve it. So it's not the knock at the stages in Carabao Cup, or FA Cup, or Champions League, Europa League, like... Uh, bad afternoon, but the way we behave was excellent. How much more complicated does it become once you go one nil down? Yeah, more complicated, but the way we react and the way we played, especially the last 20-25 minutes and in, in, in the second half, we struggled in the first action in the corner. That were pros and uh, Eddie making incredible save. The rest was perfect. It was the frustration with the goal you conceded? You had a really good opportunity yourselves. I don't know, like 10, 20 seconds before with Raheem Sterling. And yeah, but it's football. Sometimes you miss the actions and, and the passes, and uh, yeah, sometimes it happens. What was the thinking with the change? Uh, Sterling off, Jesus on, seemed to make a difference to the team. Gabriel played really well. Gabriel came in really well. Yeah, all the time when he came in, five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, he had a clear chance to, to score. Unfortunately, he was in the post. and 
No, we played really well. Really, really well. How, how tough an opponent are Southampton? How difficult do they make yeah, it for you? really good team. How do they make it difficult for you? It's well organised and 4 foot 2 They are long balls and uh, the pace on the counter-attack. They have a good build-up, but uh, we were brilliant in many things today. So even though you've not won, you feel like the performance was good enough to not cost you any momentum, any belief? Why should we should uh, lose the, the belief what we have done after we play. When we play against, for example, Arsenal, I have more doubts than today. Of course, we will win, but we played to do it. And, uh, and uh, yeah, we're bleeding. So, yeah, we, I think it was a good performance. I said before, so we are going to draw points. So, football, you lose with many, many games, but the way we behave is good. And now we have uh, two weeks to, to prepare the next game. We're going to prepare and continue. Premier League is so difficult now. The positive thing is that people is going to tell that uh, the title race is not over and that is good for our side because it's not over, it was not over two weeks ago. Now it will not be over in three weeks. So now it's continue to next game against Brentford and after Norwich that uh, they had uh, the momentum and Champions League start and after Tottenham at home. So many tough games we have ahead of us, but try to behave how we are uh, until the end. So do you think that could be useful to you, people not saying, oh, it's done, City's title already? No, I would like to have 40 points in front of Liverpool and Chelsea. That will be a dream, but it's not possible in January. So uh, these this incredible two dinosaurs or incredible teams like they are, so it's normal. So I didn't expect being in this position with the distance. Um, but they are a fantastic teams and, and we have to win a lot of games. I said from the, the you know, for many days or, or, or weeks ago. So now we just start to, to yeah, rest this week and come back uh, as best as possible. Was there a couple of decisions that you thought VAR might turn your way? Second half, maybe a penalty for Kevin, a red card challenge potentially shortly after that? Potentially. Uh, yeah, it's what did you think? It's worries. I didn't see it. Okay. Uh, last question. Julian Alvarez, striker from River Plate. We hear you're close. Can you tell us anything? I don't have any info about the club. Anything. No one word. I don't know anything. Okay. Would you like him? I don't have any info at the club. Okay. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Liverpool keeping up their end of it. Another victory. Nine points now. A game in hand. And they've got to play each other. I'm just carrying on the narrative that the title race is still alive. It's still alive. Um, and it's another game done without Mane and Mo Salah, mm -hmm. of course, away Africa Cup of Nations. So that's great. I watched the game in the week. Motivated, strong. Same again today, Oxlade-Chamberlain stepping up with the goal. There's a few controversial refereeing stuff that we're going to get into in the highlights, but no, Liverpool, well done. One of the most frustrating things about VAR, and we haven't spoken about it for a while, so I think we're allowed a couple <laughs> of minutes on VAR, Tim, is that the referee makes a call, yeah. and then VAR and his ear are saying, hang on, we need to have a look at it. So then we all wait a couple of minutes, and they're having a look at it, and then they tell him to go to the screen and yeah. have a look at it, and you're like, oh, now we've got to wait another minute. Why don't they just tell him to go to the screen straight yeah. away and stop wasting all the time? It's a time for me. I like VAR. I think they get most uh, things right. That's the issue for me. The, the ones where we're waiting, and if we wait and wait and wait, and then they tell the referee and we can get on with it, fine, either way. But it's the ones where, we, where we're seeing quite a lot this week where you're waiting mm. and waiting for VAR. Then the referee has to go over to the monitor, sh see all the same images that we've been seeing while we're waiting, and then come, it just ta it's taking too long. And in this instance, I think they got both of them wrong. But, but hang on a minute. The whole point, the whole point. is it's got to be clear and obvious. Right. It shouldn't take the right. VAR lots and lots and lots and lots and lots. Because we don't want to get a situation where every challenge, by the way, is re-refereed. Sure. So it's, it's just there, like, the guy should be there, like, um, nah, nah, that's about right. On you go. Yeah. Instead of, like, oh, hang on, another angle, another, another, mm, oh, you still know don't know. You have a look. Yeah, you can. I mean, it should be clear and obvious. And that's and the also, whole point. The, the, some of the slow motion images are making yeah, good point. some of these tackles look horrific when in real time it's two people coming together it's a foul it's a yellow card no problem we get on with it and so because they're slowing it down because they're freeze framing which i suppose at times you have to do it's making some challenges look worse that's true so the ref maybe the new approach from referees and they're quite good at tweaking things in the close season needs to be fewer replays as a slow motion more so. replays in real time i think so we've we've seen this weekend where there was a studs up challenge on somebody's thigh i can't remember which game it was there's so many games so many incidents <laughs> but i think that was a classic where when you see it live and, and the referees to be fair rebecca most mo most of the time when they see it live they, they get the they get the intensity you know that's absolutely fine that's a yellow of course you look at it over and over and over and over again 
Uh, we saw one today that's like, you know what, you keep looking at it, the studs up and the ankle and everything else, it looks like a red. So, yeah, more replays at real speed, please. That's our first two minutes of VAR in 2022. North Antonio's Antonio Conte's day coming back to Chelsea. Was it Thomas Tuchel celebrating the victory? And if you look at the four match stats, 15 shots and seven on target for Chelsea to six and three respectively for Tottenham. More possession, more passes completed and some. Let's get the post-match thoughts of Tottenham's Matt Doherty. Matt, you're going to be disappointed with the result. Are you disappointed with the performance? Uh, no, I think in the first half tactically we kind of had a game plan and... Um, I think we, we carried that out pretty much first half. Um, I think just the, the manner of the goals we conceded is what's disappointing the most. Uh, set pieces is a kind of a bread and butter that you think you should should be able to manage, but lately we've been conceding a lot of goals from it, so um, it's a bit of a worry for us. What was the game plan, if you could tell us a little bit? I mean, did, did you feel that you were positive enough at times in that game? No, look, we didn't... We, we couldn't win the game in the first half, you know. We we tried to stay narrow and, and force them out wide and stop stop the passes in, inside us. Um, and look, they had a few a few half chances, some crosses, some some corners and stuff like that. But they didn't really carve us open too much. Um, so at half time, we, we were pretty content with, with how things were. And then obviously the it was a bit of special finish for, for the first goal. One of the big talking points, Matt, was Harry Kane's goal ruled out. Does he feel hard done by for that one? For sure, um, I didn't even know. I didn't even realise that there was even a suspicion of a foul when the ball went in. Um, I, I haven't seen it back actually, so I don't know. You, you can tell me how how did it look? Well, there was a hand hand on the back, but but Silva's gone down, and that's what it was for. Well, for I, a foul, I don't even yeah. think they were appealing too 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 toughly for it. So um, it's strange because I, I heard the linesman actually gave the foul, not the referee. So um, the referee was standing five five yards away. I don't know how the linesman has a better view. And almost on the exact same blade of grass, Thiago Silva puts them 2-0 up and, and kind of gave you guys a mountain to climb, but you weren't happy at the, the free kick being awarded for the foul on Callum Hudson-Odoi. Yeah, look, obviously we feel, we feel it was soft. Like, again, I haven't, I haven't seen it back. Um, but apart from that, we, we still conceded from, from a set piece. And um, look, it's, it's not good enough for conceding from, from too many. I think that's four or five games now quite recently where, where we've conceded. And um, like, it's just cheap and cheap, sloppy goals that... We're giving teams, and, and it's hard. It's, the Premier League's a tough division, you know. Once you give people goals like that, it's, it's not easy to win games. Look, it's the first time Antonio Conte has been beaten as Spurs boss in the Premier League, but still so much to play for. I mean, you've still got four games in hand on Chelsea. Win those, and you could be four points ahead of them. Yeah, look, we've got a long way to go still. Um, we'll have a little break now, rest and recharge, and then um, and then just just go again and, and see where it takes us. We, um, we feel pretty confident. We're, we like the way we're playing. We feel like we're going in the right direction, so... Um, Look, it's, it's a big few months for us. Thank you very much, Matt. Cheers, mate. But disgruntled, Matt Doherty, but I think it's fair to say that the best team won. What's so funny, Graham Lasso? <laughs> He's just laughing at one of his own jokes again, Rebecca. <laughs> Business as usual, really. Uh, <laughs> um, Antonio Conte, you, you, we were talking at the or before the game and then during the game about his side being set up to kind of contain. Mm. Did he get it right today? I think... On paper, absolutely. And that first half, as Matt Doherty said there, the, you know, the game plan worked and, and they were always set up to, to, to absorb Chelsea and then counter-attack. That in itself is a plan and it's a workable plan. And as long as the players buy into it, and they did, then you've got that chance of executing it. Um, the goal, ZX goal was something mm. otherworldly, wasn't it? Mm. Really, it was exceptional. Um, and, and that breaks the deadlock, although Chelsea, the second half, they came out with so much energy and determination that, that Tottenham couldn't absorb that. Um, and then, as he said, again, the set-piece you'd be disappointed with because you always think you should do better if you concede a goal at a set-piece, but it was a good ball in. So, all in all, I think it shows Tottenham's limitations at present. It plays into Antonio Conte's line about, I need more players. Of course he does, but I don't know a top-level manager that doesn't want uh, more players all the time. Thomas Tuchel has, has come under some scrutiny of mm. late. He talks about you know, the noise around Romelu Lukaku's interview, etc. The form hadn't been good, but they are going to be chasing lots of silverware on different fronts in the months ahead. How impressed were you with them today? No, I thought it was a really high-energy performance by Chelsea. Again, changed the system. Players adapted to it well. Um, got more... Lukaku looked more and more comfortable as the game went on. Um, Mason Mount was exceptional and that midfield that they, they just work and control the ball so well in midfield but they were looking to get forwards as much as they can Hudson-Odoi 
I think that's one of the best performances I've seen him play in terms of his confidence and how direct he was. Um, so all in all, I thought for Ch- from a Chelsea perspective, it was a really sort of back-to-business performance mm. by them. Yep, they needed it. Let's hear from the man himself, Thomas Tuchel, speaking downstairs here at Stamford Bridge. Thomas, when you what, not won in the previous four, is that exactly what you needed today? Yeah, of course. We were working extremely hard for it and it was a tough match, but very happy because the effort was outstanding and uh, was a deserved win. And like you said before, it's so hard to create chances against them. And um, But I think we were relentless and, and, and kept on believing. So it was a good team effort and, and uh, an excellent result, of course. Was that the message at half-time? Keep believing and don't get frustrated? Yeah, absolutely. Keep, keep on going. There was no need for, for, for changes. Keep, keep on pushing, keep believing. Some details, where to take the risk, where not to take the risk. To not concede uh, counterattacks, but but very little information and uh, the opposite encouragement to to keep on going. I'm sure you were pleased with the referee's decision, but were you perhaps fortunate when Harry Kane scored just before half time? I didn't see it actually. I didn't see it. Like in, in in life, I thought it's a goal, and then I was surprised, but I did not see it. I'm sure you did see because you had a fantastic view of it. Hakim Ziyech's goal. You were right uh, behind it. I was right behind. I had the feeling that it's a bit too high, but. Uh, it uh, dropped in the, in the right second, uh, uh, yeah, and uh, was a was a brilliant a brilliant goal. Uh, um, the effort from 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 Callum before the goal, the dribbling to and and switch off switch off side in, in um, around the opposite box, and then the overlap from Aspi. So some good things in it, and uh, yeah, with a bit of luck and his technique was was a brilliant goal. Very different, but also what would you say about Thiago Silva's goal? A clever goal. Yeah, clever goal. I, I, I just saw it. Uh, I just saw it also live. I have no pictures pictures yet, but from set piece is very important in also against teams like this to defend solid and and not concede and, and be always dangerous. So very happy for for Thiago. What was the importance of this victory for you today in terms of the table? Well, you know, the table is the table. I mean, you, in the end, your response it's our responsibility to to prove ourselves. Uh, Every second day, <laughs> almost no, every third day. So now we have a, a, a break, and it was in, in, important to go into this break with a with a victory. There's no doubt about it, because um, if if you don't have the results, the performances that you want, it is, there's no there's no substitution for 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 a win and for the for the feeling. Um, and uh, you cannot you, you cannot produce it artificially. So so we needed this, but uh, we needed also to do things better and, and uh, keep on believing. So the guys are very, very tired now because it was a long, a long run for us. Mm. And, uh, of course, it was very important. And um, I don't tell you any secret when, when I will also tell you now that it will, will continue after the break. What was your assessment of Romelu Lukaku's overall performance today? Very good performance, like uh, very good, very good team performance. And, and he was absolutely reliable and, and put in huge effort. We wanted normally to to have the chance to 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 have a substitution to switch after after um, 70 75 minutes, but but uh, then we needed to, uh, we wanted to change the system and Hakim was was like then with cramps, so uh, he had to go the the full distance. But he was was uh, was a good match. Did his work off the ball? You counterbalance the fact he wasn't able to take a chance. Well, it's a bit, it's a bit, it's a bit the story for, for for our team. I have the feeling that we work really hard off the ball, and sometimes are maybe not in full confidence or in 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 uh, in, in in the calm state of mind uh, when when it comes to the opponent's box. But uh, the effort is something that we we define for us as a as a as a as benchmark and as a standard. So so he fully he fully uh, he gave everything to, to in, in in terms of work rate, and um, so we know this and, and this can happen in Premier League and in matches like this that you arrive not in in, in uh, that you arrive a, a bit tired in front of goal. Lastly, working up to your anniversary, one year in charge of Chelsea. Yeah. Good year, nice year. <laughs> Bit more detail. 
actually it's not needed. I, I feel very good because it feels still like, like the first day. It's Nothing has changed. I'm, I'm feeling in the exactly right place to be. And uh, I, have, uh, um, I feel an enormous amount of support uh, quality-wise and, and uh, from everybody in, in Cobham. And it's only one goal, to, to win football games. This is what we love. And so um, hopefully many more years to come. Thanks, Thomas. Thanks. Happy anniversary. Not often many more years to come, though, if you're Chelsea manager. I think it's fair to say. Uh, enjoy it while it lasts. But in all seriousness, one year in the job. And today was the sort of peak Tuchel at his best, peak Chelsea. Yeah, I, I thought that was a really important game, an important win for Thomas Tuchel, because it can unravel very quickly at this club with the managers. There's been a little bit of negativity and a bit of critique for this man over the last kind of few weeks. The results have dropped off a little bit. And I'm in my notes before the game, it's like, OK, if you're as good as we think you are, you've got to fix this now. We've had a few games now and the tiredness stuff and all that. Find a way. And I actually like them in a different setup, actually. Normally, it's the three at the back. It's two holding players. The front three have got to try and do everything themselves. This is different, 4-3-3. Midfield players can get forward. It's just a different look that I thought was better. And I also thought, as Graham said in commentary, it was faster. It was a different looking Chelsea. More uh, willing to go forward quicker. Lukaku more involved, more active. Uh, than we've seen him in recent matches. So I thought it was a lot of good stuff from the manager in Chelsea today, yeah. Do you like this, the way Chelsea played today? Yeah, and I, and I, thought, I thought they answered some questions. You know, we talked about Aspilicueta having the, the team meeting. Um, Ziyech actually celebrated his goal, <laughs> rightfully so. So he looked in a better frame of mind. Thought Lukaku played well, was the focal point. Thomas Tuchel there, praising him afterwards. Talked about the counterattack, sorted out defensively, got the clean sheet. So it felt more, I agree with you, the formation suited them. They were on the ball a lot more, had more, more players in midfield. It just felt like this was back to what we're used to from Tuchel and his, and his team. Excuse me. The general consensus has been that something was wrong. Something was just mm -hmm. not right over the last few weeks. So tell me about a team meeting. Can a sit-down team meeting led by Azpilicueta, <laughs> the club captain, where everyone sort of airs their dirty laundry, can it really just sort everything out? Well, it, it, the thing about it is, and again, why I'm happy for Thomas Tuchel, because he's, he's at a club... That, is, that has always been player power, players first. They have the ability to get managers sacked. We've seen that over the years. Um, listen, Bex, team meetings, everyone's got something to say until you sit down and everyone's in, in, in the <laughs> semicircle. You start looking at people eye to eye and, and everyone kind of shuts up and no one says anything. So I'm sure Aspilicueta being there, being the senior player, was able to you know, give them some home truth. What's your experience at team meetings? <laughs> Same. I mean, a big crisis meeting, isn't it? Yeah. And... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm always wanting to say something. You know, I always throw my opinion no. around there a little bit. Don't <laughs> yeah. do that for a second. <laughs> um, I don't mind them. I don't mm. mind them. And, and it's not very often, Tim, is it? It's if no. things are really going bad. The manager's kind of, like, had enough of having a go at you. And I think, I think the managers expect the player to get together and have a little bit of a chat about what's going on, yeah. It goes hand in hand with what you said about the sort of slightly new way or different way that Chelsea were playing today. How did you feel it suited Lukaku overall now, over the 90 minutes? Well, you know, I felt like I, I wanted him to score in some ways because... He did put a lot of effort in. The manager's absolutely right. But those early runs in the first half that we, we saw is more of Lukaku. Running forward into balls is more Lukaku, not just waiting around for the ball to come into his feet when there's a, a, a defending players all around him. So I hope that Chelsea take that on, that the earlier football, faster football, more direct vertical football, as you say now, um, certainly would help him in the future, yeah. Well, no former Chelsea manager has returned to Stamford Bridge and ever got a win in the Premier League. And that is still the record. Let's hear from the Tottenham boss, Antonio Conte. Antonio, your first league defeat as Tottenham manager. What did you make of it and how it came about? But uh, I, honestly, I don't like I don't like to to lose and uh, to comment a defeat is always uh, uh, difficult for me. But I think that uh, Premier League to to have a nine uh, nine game uh, in a row and uh, without defeat it was. Uh, was important, especially because uh, you are Tottenham, and uh, in this moment, uh, uh, the, the gap, uh, the gap uh, with the other teams like Chelsea, is uh, a really, really an important gap, and uh, the team, the squad, and uh, the game was. Uh, uh, I'm proud for I'm proud for for, uh, for the effort that my players, uh, uh, we try to do everything. But sometimes also when you try to do everything, it's not enough. Especially when you play against a, a thing like this, that uh, they are in the start eleven, a strong player on the bench. There are on, on the crowd. There are 
uh, other players. I think that uh, now there is a big difference between us and uh, and the top team. It could have been a big difference if Harry Kane's goal had been allowed to stand. What are your thoughts on that? But uh, you know very well that it's very difficult to comment, and I don't want to comment the, the referee decision. But then. Uh, to disallow this, uh, this goal in England uh, <laughs> was incredible for me. But I repeat, and uh, the referee uh, tried to, to take the best decision. Uh, maybe I, I, I'm more upset for the yellow card to, um, to Tanganga. Yeah, because I think that uh, this was uh, clinical, this yellow card. You said there's a big gap between yourself and clubs like Chelsea, you now have the January window to address that with new players coming in. How much do you need new players to close that gap, but, this window? Uh, I repeat, this is not the right, the right uh, uh, moment and, uh, and also to, to, to speak in front of media. And the club know very well what they think and the time that we need to come this gap because there is not one transfer market to <laughs> to to close the the gap i think that uh, in this uh, in the last few, the last few years this gap uh, became the very very big very very big and um <laughs> and now it's not simple to to find the solution in a short time and you have to know this and for this reason i'm uh, i'm only focused with the player to work, to work until the end, and then uh, we'll see. We'll see. We have uh, four, four months to to try to give uh, everything, and uh, but if we think that we solve with uh, the transfer market the situation, and it's uh, it's not the reality. You need many years, but for sure you have to start. <laughs> you have to start, and there is a point of start because in the last few years I think that. Uh, uh, the squad was uh, the level of the squad uh, decreased in, instead to to improve. You said it's not going to happen overnight. It can't all be done necessarily in one window. But for you to get as much possible out of this season, is it crucial you get at least one or maybe two in this window? Because you said before the game, you said, Look, I'm happy to work with what I've got, but we've got lots of problems. We're really stretched. So how key is it you get some bodies in, in this window? But in this window, and uh, um, I repeat, um, it's not simple because you have to, to sell or to send alone players. And uh, it's uh, difficult to do this. And then you have to try to find the right players for you. Do you think that is, uh, is simple? I think no, and if you have a bit of experience, you know that this process, you, you can only start this process, but you have to know that you need many years, many years, because the other teams don't stay to, to, to look at you. You want to improve, but the other teams want to improve, and for this reason, and it won't be easy, but I repeat, and... I spoke. I spoke with the with the club, and uh, I'm totally uh, disposition to the club to, try, to 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 work and to try to to improve the situation on the pitch. Then uh, the club has to, to take the best decision for the present, for the future, for uh, for for everything. But I repeat, I'm enjoying my time in Tottenham. We have uh, four ta four months to work and to try to get the best uh, possible result. And uh, these players uh, are working very well, and uh, I'm proud also. Or tonight for the effort that we made, but you know very well that sometimes you can push 100%, but sometimes it's not enough. Speaking of players in and out, Deli Ali not in the squad today. If he came to you and said, "Look, I need to play football. Can I go on loan somewhere in this window?" Would you allow that? Would that have your no, blessing? No, but I, I repeat, I don't want to comment uh, about single players and. Uh, Mm, there is the club to make the best decision uh, uh, on this aspect for the players that to, to buy or to or to sell. There is also a sporting director and uh, there is a chairman why I have to, to speak. And uh, they take uh, the last decision and it's right to, to speak them, not me. 
Unfortunately, we don't get to speak to them, so we appreciate your time. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. That's a good point, actually, by Jeff Shreves. The only way that fans can hear about possible transfers is through the manager. The manager doesn't want to talk about them. He doesn't think it's right to talk about it to the media. But the fans want to know... It's frustrating because it, it, it's hard for a Tottenham fan to feel excited about life under Antonio Conte when we are nine days away from the end of the transfer window. And even though Conte's brilliant, there's no action. Yeah, I, I, I think he said everything there. He said everything. Everything he said there, you can read between the lines. Right, so he said everything, everything or nothing. Effort was great, yeah. I mean, effort was great, yeah, but sometimes you can give 100% effort and it's not enough. Sure. Talked about the gap between them and other, other teams. Talked about the fact that he's told the club what they need. With Antonio Conte, you're going to get the truth at your club. You're going to get the truth of, of, of what the squad looked like, what he needs in the future... It's just, you know, we assume that when he joined the club that there was some sort of assurances that we will support you at certain moments. Mm. I'm sure he, he realises it's not a club that's going to go crazy in the market, but he is stating it time and time again, three or four times there, that I love my team in terms of the attitude and the, and the, the work ethic, but to, to bridge this gap that's been getting bigger, again, he said the squad has been decreasing, not increasing over the recent seasons, they need some new players. I mean, we don't know this, but you get the feeling from what he says that he's just not getting backed. Yeah, if, if this feels like watch this space, I mean, please, like, back him with transfers because this is going to get ugly if not. I mean, you think about why he didn't take the job in the first place because of the, the finances and, and not getting assurances. Then Tottenham were backed into a corner because things weren't good under Nuno. There would have been a conversation. So, so he's going into this eyes wide open. So there would have been a second conversation like, OK, if I take this job, this is what I need. And, he, and then he's basically said it to all of us without saying it. The club know what we need. I've told them. Mm. So this, and he's pushed it all back on their on their plate in terms of the board. So I worry. I worry that if he doesn't get what he needs, he could be off. And he and this, this Tottenham team need that reinvestment. Adama Traore is good, but not enough if that's all he gets. Hmm, not enough, no. I mean, he's an interesting son if it happens, of course, the, the, the Wolves winger um, that's incredibly quick but needs help and direction in terms of end product. Um, not a huge fee. 20-odd million pounds or whatever, worth, I think, Spurs to have a go and see if they can get the manager to get more out of him. But, yeah, but, but he's right. In other ways, it's a difficult window. Nine days left in the window. You know, the summer is more of a chance, I think, to get more players in for him to work and improve the team. And Daniel Levy does like to leave it very late indeed. <laughs> so we should all keep our eyes open for nine days' time. That does it for this edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast. Be sure to check out other episodes where you'll get a collection of our most spirited in-studio debates as well as exclusive on-site access. Plus, don't miss out on Premier League mornings, weekends at 7am Eastern on NBCSN and Peacock Premium. Bye for now.